Science and Answers. The term fake news is quite popular right now. So how can we determine what is the real news from the fake or exaggerated media we get? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the arena of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today on Evidence and Answers, we will listen to a breakout session taken from the 2017 Apologetics Conference held in Hawaii. Each year, Pat hosts this conference and brings out the best scholars, teachers and authors to share in teaching and equipping you, the believer, to be able to share your faith effectively in our culture today. The theme was demolishing strongholds of unbelief. If you're unable to hear this entire broadcast, all of our messages are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Listen as Pat Zucran presents part two of his message entitled, Discerning Fake and Fact in the News Media. I'm going to say here, and most of the reports and research that uh, I've read from the people on the inside are saying there is really no left-wing conspiracy here, okay? A conspiracy amongst all these journalists and some kind of underground conspiracy here. Many reporters are trying to provide objective news, but it's very hard for them to be completely neutral okay, and set aside their biases and their agendas. Many in the news world are surrounded by the liberal culture and their colleagues. It seems like, you know, conservatives go serve, you know, military business for some reason. And it seems that type seems to like that field more for some reason. But because they're surrounded by their colleagues who think like that and they're inculcated in their culture, for many of them, they feel that's the normal American perspective. You know, when I was uh, in North Dallas, that's a very conservative area. I didn't realize, but suddenly I began thinking that, you know, conservatism was kind of the norm. But when I travel outside the country and I talk about Bush, I almost started a riot, you know, and I was like, oh, oh man, I forgot I'm not in North Dallas kind of thing. All right. So that's pretty much why they're reporting the way they're reporting. Okay. Liberal journalists may indeed try to keep their biases in check, but uh, mainly because many don't realize okay, their liberal views. They think they're thinking like the normal popular American. Terry Eastland stated this, okay, observed in his study on the collapse of the mainstream media. He, he did, as a journalist, extensive research as to why people were leaving the mainstream media and viewing other news outlets. And he says, the most influential journalists understood that news is rarely news in a sense of being undisputed facts about people or policy, but news in the sense that it's a product made by reporters, editors, and producers. Those who define and present the news have a certain power since the news can set a public agenda, and they weren't shy about exercising this power. So there's definitely a liberal slant in the mainstream news media, because most of the journalists and reporters have that kind of slant and they're viewing it life through those glasses. Now, how is bias seen in the news media? Well, there's several ways, okay? And you folks practice detecting bias in teaching or even in your kids, if they're reporting on one another. You guys recognize this, even though you may not 
be able to identify exactly how you're picking it up. But bias is seen in the language. People can be influenced by the use of positive or negative with certain connotations. People can also be influenced by the tone that a newscaster uses when saying certain words. Abortionists are pro-choice. There you go, pro-choice. Who doesn't want to be pro-choice? Who doesn't want to be? Evangelical Christians are called what? Fundamentalists. Radical Muslims are called fundamentalists. Radical Muslim fundamentalists, evangelical Christian fundamentalists. What's the public thinking? Same, 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 right? These guys are dangerous. Guess what? These evangelicals are just as dangerous, okay? When I was being interviewed by a reporter for the Dallas Morning News, you know, we were talking and she said, I don't have a problem with religion. I have a problem with fundamentalists. You know, she says, fundamentalism is deadly. And I said, whoa, hang on here. I said, there's a big difference. And there's no moral equivalency here. There's a big difference between Muslim fundamentalists and a Christian fundamentalist. She goes, what do you mean? I said, well, Muslim fundamentalist interprets the Quran literally and imitates the life of Muhammad very closely. That's his desire. Okay. What does the Quran teach in the way you treat unbelievers? Chapter nine of the Quran, right? Fight and slay the pagans wherever you find them, right? Lie in wait. Jihad. Jihad is a military war. How did Muhammad treat unbelievers? Kill them. He fought in 30 wars. He made a living attacking caravans. He slaughtered, he assassinated those who criticized him. So a fundamentalist Muslim wants to live like Muhammad. Okay, so if you're going to live like Muhammad and you're going to live out the teaching of the Quran, what do you get? ISIS. You get the Taliban. Okay, just read the biography of Muhammad. All right, that's what you get. Now, that's what a fundamentalist Muslim wants. A fundamentalist Christian interprets the Bible literally and wants to live closely like Jesus. How did Jesus live? What did he teach? Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. What did Jesus do? He died on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. That's what a fundamentalist or evangelical Christian, that's what he wants to do. Two are completely different. Okay, now you may use the same term and it'd be a negative thing, but the two are teaching very different things. So bias can be seen in the language that's used. Second, it's something called setting the agenda, all right? Setting the agenda. It's the inclusion of favored stories and the exclusion of unfavorable stories and ignore those that don't, okay? Favorable stories receive exclusive or extensive coverage while other stories receive very little, if any, coverage. Stories that the media wants will be on the front page, and stories they don't really like may end up somewhere in the back. For example, how many of you know that uh, Hawaii is the first state to pass a bill declaring September 24th Islam Day in Hawaii? Yeah, a few of you. All <laughs> right. Okay. You know how I found out about it? I was living in Dallas, and news reporters and radio stations were calling me, saying, what's going on in Hawaii? Because a lot of them knew I was from Hawaii. And I said, I don't know what's going on. They said, oh, your, first, your state declared September 24th, Islam Day. So I went to the Star Advertiser and I said, this has got to be on the front page. This is huge. September 11th, two weeks later is Islam Day. Wow. This is a, I went to the front page. I never saw it. I had to go like page 16. And finally, there was a small little article, Willis Sparrow, okay, a representative, I think, from Waipahu, passed the bill. 
that September 24th is Islam Day in Hawaii. So we're the first state to have Islam Day. We didn't know that, huh? That should have been on the front page. That's huge. It was on page 16 or page 13. No, no, that's about 2011, 2008. Yeah, several, it's been several years now. Oh, no, it can't be 2011 because I was still living in Dallas. So it's prior to 2010. But what is that? Well, that's what we call setting the agenda. Next, placement. So the front page or the top story or the highlighted stories. So when they do that, the public perceives that as more important. So they place stories that are more important to them that they want the public to pay attention to. Next, we have interviewing. Reporters may interview only people they agree with. So one of the things I give you know, Fox News credit for is often they'll have opposing sides. They'll kind of let them go at. Then the other news, finally, CNN and everyone started doing that as well. And that's pretty good. Okay? If they interview a person from the other side, though, sometimes they will repeatedly ask questions until they you know, get the clip they want. Or some will interview someone who's on the other side, who's a kook. You know, you know, one of the things we were complaining about before, you know, conservative news came on the scene is that whenever they were interviewing the Christians, who they're interviewing? I mean, they're interviewing the kooky guys, right? And stuff, these kooky, uh, some of them, not all of them, but some of the kooky TV evangelists and stuff. And we're going, why are they interviewing Greg Coco? He's an expert in that arena. Why aren't they interviewing William Lane Craig, Norm Guy, Lee Strobel? Why don't they interview these guys? He's got best-selling authors. They've got graduate degrees. I was interviewing these kooky guys. Christians look so kooky when, you know, you got this guy with the makeup on and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Why can't they pick one of the top Christian spokesmen here in these arenas? So interviewing who they interview, if they interview the other side, because of Proverbs 18, right? Story seems right until someone comes and presents the other side or cross-examines them. Skewing the facts, skewing the facts, or what we call this cherry picking, only picking facts that favor you. So it's a technique of selectively emphasizing the facts that support the journalist's point of view, while either discounting or leaving out facts that run counter to that point of view, skewing the facts. Then we have something called skewering the facts, where journalists misrepresents the information and or presents faulty conclusions as an established fact. Okay, so those are some of the ways that you can see and detect bias in the news media. Now, let's go through some examples here. Global warming. We hear global a lot about global warming, okay, that it's one of the greatest crises that we face, that mankind faces today. Well, since its declaration, what's happened? Yeah, it's gotten cold, as you can see, even here in Hawaii. And if you look on the mainland, you call your mainland friends, what are they facing? They're freezing over there. All right. And our friends in California, what's happening to them? They're getting flooded out. All right. It's no longer called global warming. What's it called now? Climate change. They're going to change climate change, but still a crisis. Well, any challenge to global warming and what? You're labeled an anti-environment guy or a tool of big tobacco and big oil companies or something. You're immediately shut down. Okay, you're immediately shut down. One of the things that we're not being presented with 
Okay, what geologists and other scientists are saying is that the Earth goes through warming and cooling cycles. Before the Ice Age, we were going through warming cycles. Greenland was once green. But then after the Ice Age, which lasted about 400 years, it went through a cooling cycle. So the Earth goes through warming and cooling cycles. Most of the temperatures that reveal a trend towards warming have been measured from what we call ground stations. Ground stations. This distinction is important because the temperatures are measured on the ground, a lot of times in metropolitan areas. So if you're in a place where there is cement, okay, and a lot of human activity, it's going to be warmer than if you're taking temperatures out in the forest somewhere. So when a lot of your temperatures come from what we call ground stations in metropolitan areas, yeah, they're going to be a little bit warmer. When they take their data from weather balloons, satellite data, they're having conflicting reports here. The most significant warming has been measured in the last two decades. And the temperature of the, when you're reading from the ground stations, you're getting slightly warmer here. However, the temperature from the atmosphere has remained constant over the past 20 years. Okay, but we're not getting that kind of information. Now, whether you agree with global warming or not, okay, we're just not getting all the facts. And that's one way in which we skew or skewering the news. How about this? Homosexuality. Okay, we're not getting all the facts. Okay, a lot of news on homosexuality. What are you seeing? Often that, you know, the gay community has been victimized, okay, unfairly victimized or attacked, which is a bad thing. But if you say anything in disagreement or that you see homosexuality as a dangerous lifestyle, what happens to you? You're immediately shut down. You're called what? Homophobe. And you're shut down already. And you, we don't receive the other side in the news. Homosexuality is a very dangerous lifestyle. All right. And that's one of the reasons we need to stand against it. Just because it's a dangerous lifestyle. The famous uh, Bell and Weinberg study shows there's a high, very high promiscuity rate in the gay community. Their famous study showed that 43% of white male homosexuals had sex with 500 or more partners and 28% having 1,000 or more partners. Okay, and that's not the only one. The Dutch study of partnered homosexuals, so the officially partnered homosexual published in the Journal of AIDS, found that men with a steady partner... Steady, nevertheless, had an average of eight sexual partners a year. The New England Journal of Medicine, one of the most respected journals of medicine, study revealed that a gay man has 106 partners a year. And when you talk to people in the gay community, they, most of our ex-gays, especially, they'll acknowledge that. Okay? There's a joke in the gay community. What's a gay man bring to, to the first date? A U-Haul. Okay? Why? Because it's usually over. It's over that quick. The Journal of Sex Research surveyed over 2,500 older homosexuals and found that the model range for number of sexual partners was 100 to 500. 10 to 15 percent had between 500 and 1,000 partners. Okay, so it's a very promiscuous, dangerous kind of lifestyle. Really, monogamy is a myth in the gay community. Okay, but we can just research. Studies after study, one of the most frightful studies is done by the journal, uh, the International Journal of Epidemiology, that showed that the life expectancy of the average gay man is 8 to 20 years less 
the human body isn't designed for homosexual gay activity. It's punishing on the gay community. But we don't hear that ever. We don't ever. As soon as you cite any of this kind of research, what? Immediately you are attacked and shut down. Uh, recent uh, news. I don't mean to be Mr. Pro-Trump here, but I'm just trying to give you examples, okay? And unfortunately, we're thinking a lot, and this has been the hot news. So here are some recent examples we have seen. Trump, here's from the headline from the Washington Times. Okay, Trump's Muslim ban promises uh, promise is against uh, executive order. Did Trump proclaim a Muslim ban? What did he proclaim? Yeah, only seven countries. Okay, only seven countries where there's a lot of terrorist activity. There's about 49 Muslim countries in the world. So if we had a Muslim ban, we would be banning about immigrants from all these 50 countries. Only doing seven. Okay, but the press reports it as what? The West against Islam. The war against or, okay, the Muslim ban. There's misuse of terms there. There's cherry picking or skewing the facts. Here's another one. The LA Times. After Trump calls media an enemy of the people, White House bans many news outlets from briefing. Okay, Did Trump call the media the enemy of the American people? No, what did he call? Okay, here's his Twitter. All right, the fake news media is not my enemy. It is the enemy of the American people. All right, so he was criticizing hey, the liberal press. All right, but you just leave out that word fake news there. And oh, does this guy not believe in freedom of the press? This guy not believe in a First Amendment there? Here you go. Here's from CNN News. Trump admin set stage for mass deportations. Okay, he want to get rid of illegal Aliens, okay, so mothers, children, all going to be separated. Okay, millions going to end up in jail or deported, separated from families. Okay, well, in February, ICE agents deported 680 convicted criminals. Okay, they're undocumented aliens, but 75% were convicted criminals. Okay, convicted of things like homicide and rape, while others were found associating with criminals. What they also did not report is that in 2013, the Obama administration removed from this country over 400,000 illegal aliens. Hey, that's the highest number in history. All right, did you see any headlines streaming that about the Obama administration? In fact, Obama said, what we should be doing is setting up a smart legal immigration system that doesn't separate families, but does focus on making sure that people who are dangerous, you know, people who are going, who are gangbangers, are criminals that we are deporting them as quickly as possible. I think, if I'm trying to be fair, I think that's what Trump is doing. All right? Yet we didn't see this headline about the previous administration. So those are some examples of media bias there. And another way is photos and captions, right? Some pictures flatter a person. Others make the person look unpleasant. Yeah, a paper can choose photos to influence opinion about a person especially during election time and others, all right? The camera angle, the lighting, the kind of photos that are taken can skew the image of a person. Now, I looked through a lot of the press's pictures of Trump. Once again, I'm, for the record, I'm not Mr. Pro-Trump here. I'm just using examples because that's the most recent thing on our minds here. Now, I was trying to find pictures of Trump, and guess what kind of pictures I found overwhelmingly throughout 
the uh, media. Yeah, look at that. Man. I mean, this is what, you know, what was that? Black power or whatever, or rebellion, whatever it was. Okay. But then I went through the other candidate, okay, Hillary, all right? And I was looking for media pictures about her during the election time. What pictures did I find about her? And she looks pretty nice, huh? Look at that. Love her or hate her? Well, she's a controversial pro. How can you hate someone that looks like that? Here, the fighter. What's a fighter look like? I think a fighter would look more like that, right? But they, they call her the fighter, and she looks like a person that you want to invite to dinner. I mean, when you say the fighter, you, you, you can't expect that, you know? So, so through photos and the angles, we, we, you can create bias as well. All right, so practicing discernment. What are some practical ways we can discern? Well, understand, okay, there is bias in the media. That doesn't mean Fox News is completely accurate. They've got a conservative bias as well. All right, so they can be coming from a particular slant as well. It's called advocacy journalism. Seems like that's the trend of the day. You're either going to come from this slant or this slant. Check the techniques of bias reporting. Okay, what we just went over here. Eight techniques for bias reporting. See how they are employed. Then when you hear a story, ask the following questions. Are the conclusions reasonable? Is 20% of American people homosexual? Mm, that, that seems awfully high. All right. Well, when you research it, it's more like 1%. Okay, but you see these stats flying out like that. Is it reasonable? What are the sources? That's a great question to ask. Where did this source come from? They come from a liberal kind of reporting you know where where did this come from does it consider all the evidence are there other perspectives okay once again proverbs 18 story seems right till you hear the other side okay what's the other side saying and who's got the stronger case is it consistent with the bible all right those things that uh, you want to those are the kind of questions you want to be asking yourself when you're listening to the news next Get information from multiple sources. Don't just say, oh, I don't like these guys, so Fox News has it all. Oh, Fox has been wrong too. Okay, they've had some, because they're coming from a conservative perspective, they've got that particular slant. So look at CNN, look at Fox, go on the internet to, to some of the sites you think are accurate in their reporting. Look at USA Today, but look at conservative World Magazine as well. Talk radio, ah, okay? Get multiple, multiple venues and compare information, okay? And try to make the best decision you can from the information that is given, okay? And use your judgment to decide who's got a reliable record here, okay? Is this particular news media generally, are they on the ball? What about this talk show guy? Generally, you know, it was my boss, my former boss, Kirby Anderson, I mean, he was reporting stuff saying, ah, the news media is wrong. Here's the scoop. And a week or two later, someone would be saying, oh, yeah, hey, this is the scoop. You know, one is, remember uh, the Monica Lewinsky thing. You know, I was saying right-wing scandal, right-wing scandal. And he said, well, if you look at all the information, uh, he goes, you know, when I talk to senators, congressmen, they get five minutes with the president. They better present their thing. What's an intern doing? With over 200 hours with the president, you know, and he's, and just a couple weeks later, boom, the whole thing blew up and 
you know, he was on target. Finally, wait and see what develops, okay? Sometimes the truth doesn't come out immediately, but as the story develops, eventually, hey, okay, the truth comes out. Hey, so those are some ways to practice discernment in the mainstream news media. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed Pat's show today. If you find this broadcast to be of a great value to you, would you please consider partnering with us? Evidence and Answers relies on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, you may do so right there on the homepage of our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles, additional audio, and Pat's books. So be sure to share this website with your family, your friends, and your church. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit them online at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ right here on Evidence and Answers.